Friday. We've got some that's missing here this morning. We've got one lady there. Her name is Janice and uh, Dickerson. And uh, they had to tr go to Tennessee to take care of some business, her and her mom. So if y'all would just keep them in prayer uh, for a safe trip, safety on that road. It's just her and her mom and uh, pretty good little drive up there. But anyway, they had to go up there. We've got some that couldn't be here this morning and uh, various reasons. So y'all just be sure to keep the church in prayer. And uh, this week, really, though, it's been kind of a busy week. Y'all know uh, I did get a chance uh, Friday to go visit with uh, Jerry Bowen. This is the first time I've seen him now in about two years. He, when this COVID came in, they just kind of locked themselves away because Jerry's got COPD and he's kind of in his last stages. So he was wanting to be real careful not to try to get around people or anything like that. But they have placed Jerry on hospice and he's really doing pretty good. But I was over there, I guess probably about an hour visiting with them and had prayer with them and talked to them and you know Jerry really looks better than I think he's looked in a long time. Jerry was always real thin if y'all remember and Jerry right now weighs about right at 180 pounds. He's gained weight, his face is full, he looks good but I know the weight is not good for him on account of the pressure you know on breathing. So, but y'all keep Jerry and Linda in prayer that the Lord's hand will just be on them and, uh, and keep them safe. And got a message from Betty Glenn that usually sits right over here. She's uh, also got a pulmonary problem. She's having a lot of problems with her lungs. She's got an appointment in Dallas Monday with a, a pulmonary doctor. And they, he's going to check her out and see if there's anything that he can do. So y'all keep Betty Glenn in prayer. And uh, she loves this church. She loves the people. But she's just been down and hasn't been able to get out like she wants to. And uh, so y'all keep her in prayer. I've got a friend that uh, I got a call Thursday. And his mom had passed away. Uh, she passed away on her birthday and she was 80 years old. And I got that call from him and uh, talked with them for a while and they asked me if I would do her service. So I will be doing her service uh, Monday. Uh, tonight is visitation at Greenwood, so I will be there. And it's just been a real busy week and uh, trying to uh, take care of the funeral, to get a funeral message put together and then talking with the family and visiting with them and things. And uh, and then I took Linda out for dinner, you know, and that there, oh, that was a chore. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, it's just been a busy week, but, you know, God got us through it, and I'm going to be pretty busy Monday with the funeral and all of that, so... Y'all just pray that this family will be comforted, that they will accept the message I put together. And uh, I know that uh, Kay knew the Lord, but some of the family I'm not sure. And uh, it's more of a salvation message 
Because sometimes a funeral is the only place that somebody's going to hear it. And I want them to hear it. And uh, so y'all keep me in prayer that uh, God will lay on my heart to speak the right words, say the right things at the right time. And uh, hoping that uh, there'll be some results that will come that will come out of this. And uh, so... But today I put together a message. I had this message put back. And I, I was so busy last week that I got to thinking about this message. I've got this message already put together. And I've been kind of wanting to bring it, but I haven't. You know, a lot of people do not like to hear about hell. But hell is in this message. But there's also some other things in here we need to hear. And uh, I've just entitled this message, The Altar of God. And uh, so I would like to bring that to you this morning. And uh, then after a message, remember, we have potluck dinner next door. We'll all go over, have a nice lunch, and just a time of fellowship and a time of visiting. But, uh, you know... We, I, I had not realized this until I got to studying this, but, you know, Noah was the first person to have an altar. Noah was the very first person to build an altar and sacrifice and give unto God. I thought that, you know, it probably started way back there, but it didn't. In the Bible, this is the first place the altar is mentioned and talked about is where Noah, after he got off of the boat, he built the very first altar and then worshiped God. And, uh, you know, that's, and here I'm going to start. The first thing that Noah did when he stepped off the ark was to build an altar so he could sacrifice an offering to God, an offering of thanks. You know, Noah and his family were the only ones that survived the flood. And this flood was, it lasted like 40 days. They was out. And uh, they had no, no uh, problems, him and his wife or the kids. There was eight of them that were saved. Out of all the people on the earth, eight people to start this world over again. The Bible calls it a few. It was Noah, his wife, his three sons, and their wife. Well, like I told y'all, I think once before, if anybody asks you what a few is, it's eight. And, uh, but anyway, here in Genesis chapter 8, verse 20, 21, I want to read this to you. It says, And Noah built an altar unto the Lord, and took of every clean beast, of every clean fowl, and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled a sweet savor, and the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground anymore for men's sake. For the imagination of men's hearts is evil from his youth. And neither will I again smite anymore everything living as I have done. So Noah, this is God saying that he will not smite the earth again as he did with the flood and destroy it that way. 
Now, this earth is going to be destroyed. We all know that. It tells us that right away. But this earth will be burnt up. And we'll all have a new home. It'll be called the new Jerusalem that will come down out of heaven. And that's where all the Christians will live. And you know, the thing about that, we won't have to worry about sin or anything else like that because there will be no sin. There will be nothing that will defile the Word of God. And the reason this earth is being destroyed and burned up is because it is so full of sin and everything that God is totally going to get rid of it. And we will be no more. And, uh, but like I said a while ago, nowhere in the Bible do we see where an altar was ever built before the flood. Cain and Abel, they gave offerings, but nowhere does it mention an altar. Noah was the first person to build the altar and give a sacrifice to God. And I've wondered about that. You know, God had to mention something in, in Noah's spirit. It's like, Noah, build me an altar. And I'm just wondering. God probably had to explain to Noah what an altar was. It's just like the flood. People laughed and made fun of it. Why? They had never, ever seen rain before. They didn't know. What, what do you mean a flood? The, the earth was watered by springs. It come down in a mist. It wasn't rain. They didn't know what rain was. But when that rain started falling, you know, even still then, they didn't want to believe that God was going to destroy this earth. Noah preached to them. He talked to them. They laughed at him. They made fun of him. What are you doing? Noah, have you lost your mind? And the day came when God told Noah to load the animals and get on that ark. And the thing about it is, it said that after everything was done, all the animals were put on the ark, Noah and his family was on the ark, and then it says, God shut the door. God shut the door on the ark. And that rain started falling, and things started floating around. People started getting scared. People were trying to get on that ark. They was trying to abort it. They couldn't. God said, you had your chance and you didn't take it. You laughed. You made fun of my servant. You made fun of me. You didn't believe what I was saying. Now you will perish. And they did. Noah, like I said, Noah and his family were the only ones survived the flood. And uh, that altar that Noah built, you know, that altar, if you want to think about it, that altar should be an important part of a Christian's life. At my house, down in my office, I kind of call it my altar. It's not really, I mean, you know, it's not an altar like what they built. But that is a place where I kneel before God. I pray to God. I talk to God. I visit with God. I pour my heart out to God. And I ask for God's directions and His advice. But that's my altar to God. That's where I go to have my time with God. And, uh, you know, I'll ask, what is an altar? What is an altar? A 
An altar is a place where a sacrifice is brought and offered to God by man. And it's the place where God comes down and meets man and accepts the sacrifice from man. The altar is a, is a meeting place between God and man. It's a meeting comes down and touches man with his forgiveness for his sin. Altar is a very important place. The altar of God is a place for, and you know, it's, it's a place for both the Christian or the, or, and here I call him the saint, and, and there's the sinner. Sinner asks for God. It's a very important in his healing or a tragedy or a heartache, and just all kinds of problems come up in their lives before they look for an altar to come to God. Sometimes man has to be forced. It looks like to come and talk to God. Things have to happen in his life. And God will still accept that. But it seems like it's only when disasters happen that people run to the house of God to find an altar and to seek God's help. And most of the time, they only come to God out of fear. They come to God out of fear. They're scared. They're worried. They say, I guess I better go to God. I guess I'm, I'm, I'm going to remember back, and y'all are going to remember it too. It's probably, what about 9-11? Remember when that happened? All the churches were full. People were scared. They were fearful that war was beginning, that it was time. They were, they were scared. They were running into Matter of fact, they said to some of the churches, you couldn't even get other people in it. They was out in front of the churches. They had speakers attached so people could hear. The churches were packed because of fear. To come, and they were coming to God, praying to God, asking God, God, take care of us. And it was out of fear. Out of fear that they had come to God. And... Uh, Look at it now. Are people listening? Are they beginning to think about maybe this is the end? Maybe this is the end. Maybe this is how the earth is going to be destroyed. In the Bible, maybe we ought to start listening to what God's Word says. Nearly every pastor, preacher, whatever, thinks that we are in the end times right now. That we are so close because everything is falling into place just exactly like the Bible is saying. And many people, though, don't even realize this. You say, we're in the end times. They don't even know what you're talking about. But when we do wake up, and we do understand that, that, that God has given us the opportunity to come to Him right now, and I'm going to show you something here in just a minute, but we have the opportunity right now to come to God, receive God into our hearts, to accept Him, and to have that peace that passes all understanding. We don't understand that kind of peace. Simply because they don't know Jesus. They don't know the peace that He can give. And He can give a peace. I was reading an article and it said, for us to have peace of God, we've got to have peace with God. We've got to have peace with God. Do you have peace with God? Is God in your life? Are you serving God? 
There's going to be a day and everybody's name that is not written, that's what the Bible says was, everybody's name that is not written in the Lamb's book of life will be cast into the lake of fire. Whose name, in other words, everyone who's not accepted their largeness will be destroyed. It's kind of like going back to the flood. Everybody, and that shows us everybody was destroyed except Noah and his family. You know, it would please God so much more if people would come to him before the destruction starts to come into their lives. To show their faith in him, to show their love for him, to show their trust in him. You know, there's a scripture over in Proverbs that says about what I have said. Here it's in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 through 6. And you've all... Trust in the Lord with all your lean, not to your own understanding. Because we'll never really understand everything God does. We just have to praise, acknowledge God. And He then will direct our paths. How many of us put our full trust? You know what's happening. You know what's going on. Lord, I put myself, my family in your hands asking you to watch over us, to protect us, and take care of us. That's what God wants. He wants our trust and our faith in Him. God would rather have the sacrifice of our love than the sacrifice of our fears. He'd rather us to come to Him in love and wait until we're so scared of things. That's when we come to Him. But He wants us to come to Him because we love Him. We trust Him. As Christians, as people of God, it should be our desire to make God's altar an important part of our life. You know, here in the church, what we call an altar, what we call is, is right here, right over here. Come and kneel and pray to God. To kneel. What does it mean to kneel? To kneel is humbling yourself before the presence of God. Humbling. And it's just like Jesus. Jesus was probably the most humble person that there was. And he, God wants us to humble ourselves before Him, to believe and to trust in Him, and believe He will take care of us. I know there's seen God heal your bodies. You've seen God heal your, some member in your family's body. You've seen God work in your life simply because you put your faith in Him and you trust in Him. And that's what God wants from all of us. And you know, God sees the altar as something very important. God's the one that come up with the altar, not man. God came up with the altar. And the altar is so important to God, do y'all realize that God's got an altar in heaven? God's got an altar right in front of his throne in heaven. Listen here in Revelation chapter 8 verse 3. And another angel came and stood at the altar, having a golden censer. And there he was given unto him much incense, there that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne of God. God's got an altar. He's right before his throne. That's how much an altar means to God. He's got one in heaven. 
And as we read, we know Noah had an altar, that he built an altar. And later on, we say, well, Abraham had an altar, Moses had an altar, and Solomon, King Solomon had an altar that he sacrificed to God. And we know that God's got an altar. He's got an altar in heaven right before his throne. But do you know, I'm going to get into something here now, but do you know there's not any altars at all in hell? There's no altars in hell. And do you know that there are people there right now, many people in hell right now praying, but they're not praying at an altar. These people in hell, they are beyond the reach of God and His mercy. They have waited too long to pray to God. That should have happened while they was here on earth. They had the opportunity to come to God, but they laughed at God, they mocked God, just like in Noah's day. In the Bible, it says that when the end times come, it shall be like the days of Noah. It shall be like the days of Noah. People partying, going on, acting as there is no God. They don't even believe in God. But then, destruction hits. Destruction hits. But if you know God, you don't have to worry about it. Because you're not going to be here when that destruction hits. You're already going to be in heaven. Jesus is going to come back, what we call the rapture, and he's going to take his people, his church, off of this earth and take them back to heaven with him. We will not be here when that great tribulation takes place. What is the great tribulation? That is the wrath of God being poured out upon this earth. For the things that men have done, for their actions against God, for their unbelief, for, from not believing in His Son Jesus Christ. You know, oh, shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Then right below it, it says, that, For my Son or Jesus did not come to this earth to destroy it, but to save it. He came to save us, not to destroy us. Christ and do not accept Jesus Christ, he will have no choice but to destroy us. Then right below is that. It says, for he who has the Son has life. But he who does not have the Son does not have life and he will perish. God pretty well explains it right there in three scriptures. His love for us, why his Son came, and what's going to happen if we don't believe his son came? They're all right there together. <coughs> and uh, these people in hell, they had their chance to come to God's altar. Just like we do right here today. Every single person has that chance. They have that opportunity to come to God. Many of them will laugh at you. Oh, I've had them laugh right in my face. I'd be talking to them about, I don't believe in this Jesus. I don't believe in no God. I said, you know, I feel sorry for you. There's going to be a day coming that you wish that you would have finished. And let me tell you about Jesus. There's going to be a day coming. And they laugh. I don't believe it. Well, a lot of people in hell right now didn't believe it either. But they're there. He said, like I said, 
These people had their chance to come to God's altar while they were here on earth. They had their opportunity. They had their chance. But they laughed and they scorned the word of God. They refused God's mercy. They refused his grace. And they refused his offer. Now, where they at? Those that have passed on, they are in hell right now. They are crying. They're screaming. They're gnashing their teeth. And even praying. Yeah, they're praying. They are praying. What are they praying for? What are they praying for? They're in hell. What are they praying for? They are praying for one more chance to come and kneel at an altar. They're praying that they to accept Christ's invitation and his salvation. One more chance. If I just had one more chance. Now they know now. They know. They're there. They're experiencing it. But before, they laughed. They scorned. They did not believe. But now they do. But it's too late. It's too late. They've made their choice. We have to make our choice while we are here on earth and while we're alive. We have to believe in the Son of Christ. I mean, excuse me, the Son of God as being Jesus Christ. Believe that he came, that he died for our sins, that he rose again. You know, we just last Sunday, we, we, we celebrated the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So many unfallible ways that they proved that Jesus rose. People couldn't even deny it. Because it was so, uh, there were so many truths that came out. So many people saw him that knew him. Knew he had died. Knew that he had rose again. So that's what Jesus is telling us. When you die and you believe in me, you shall rise again. Just like he did. When we do a baptism, you know what that baptism represents? When you go under that water, it shows that you're, you're being buried with Christ. When you come up out of that water, that shows you're risen with Christ. That's baptism. Believing that you will rise again one day and be with Jesus. Yeah, there's many people right now praying for one more chance to come and kneel at an altar. To accept Christ's invitation to salvation. See, they're ready now. They're ready. These people would give anything... They would give everything they had had to be sitting where you're sitting right now in church. But they can't do it. They would love to have one more chance to hear God's word, to hear a song of invitation, and to have one more chance to come to God's altar and pray and say, Lord, forgive me. I want you to come into my life as my Lord and as my Savior. That's what they're praying for in hell right now. One more chance. One more chance. I'm going to close now, but if the, if the band will come up, we have to stop and realize we have been warned and warned and warned for over 2,000 years. They say God is long-suffering. And many people say, why? Hasn't God come back before now? 
that God wants to give every single person that chance and that opportunity to receive His Son, Jesus Christ. That's why He's waited so long. He wants you to have that opportunity to say yes to Jesus. Not to keep mocking Him, laughing at Him, but to receive Him into your heart, to serve Him, to be guaranteed that you have eternal life. You will not spend any time in hell. You'll be free of that. Your destination when you accept Jesus Christ is eternal life in heaven with God. That is what you're guaranteed. Uh, I don't know. Just think about something. Do you realize that hell would be empty right now if people had a second chance? It would be empty. They would all jump on that chance like you wouldn't believe. If these people had one more chance to come to God's altar over each other to get down there, they'd be running over each other. But they don't have that chance. They don't have that chance. Today, we just put it in the Bible, today is the day of salvation. Today is your opportunity to say yes to Jesus Christ. I'm going to read a scripture right here in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2. For God said, I have heard you in a time accepted. God said, I have heard your prayer. When you pray and ask for God to forgive you, he hears that prayer. And in the day of salvation, which is now, I have succored you and helped you. That's what succored means, to help you. I have come to help you. I've given you the proof. I've shown you Jesus is real. I've shown you that Jesus is life. I've shown you that Jesus has been resurrected. He said, and behold, now is the accepted time. Now is the time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. He said, you have your chance today. Will you have that chance tomorrow? Will you be here tomorrow? We don't know. We don't know. I told you I've got to do a funeral. That lady had no idea that she would not be here today. Car wrecks, all kinds of things, accidents. One thing after another can snuff out a life. Never expecting it, never knowing it. There have been many times a man has got up in the morning, went in, showered, brushed his teeth, shaved, left the house, grabbed him a cup of coffee, left not realizing that he would never come back to that house again. No idea that that was his last day on earth. It could be any of us. And the only thing that you need to know and be sure of, do you have Jesus in your life? It don't make no difference if you die, if you have Jesus in your life. If you've got Jesus in your life, you're going to be in heaven. Immediately. The moment that you leave this, this life, you start a brand new life in heaven. If the Bible says to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord immediately. Remember Jesus on the cross and that thief next to him? He said, Lord, remember me this day. Remember me. Jesus looked at that thief. He called him Lord. He accepted him as the Son of God. Jesus, this day, you shall be with me in paradise. 
that day, that day he died, that thief was just moments away from death. And Jesus gave him eternal life. He can do that for us today. He can give you eternal life the moment you accept him. So I just want to ask you something. Does anyone here today need to come to the altar and make use of it while you can? Today may be your last chance. Today may be the last chance you have to come to God. If you have never accepted Jesus, today would be a good day to do it because you don't know what tomorrow holds. You don't know if you'll see tomorrow. So I'm going to ask the band to play. If you need Christ in your life today, like I said, it's the day of salvation. Today's the day. Don't hold off. Don't wait. Oh, I'll do it tomorrow. Tomorrow did not come. It did not come. Do it where you've got the chance, where you've got the opportunity. Because like I said, we don't know what tomorrow holds. You just need prayer. I'm going to be down front. I'll be glad to pray with you, anoint you with oil. But if you need Jesus, that's the most important thing you can do today. And Jesus will take care of the other things too. So I'm going to ask the band to play. If you need Jesus, please come to the altar. If you just need prayer, I'll be glad to pray with you. So I'll ask that band to play.